have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roll with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? look great in person and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 137, presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. As always, I am joined by the main man himself, Major Caldwell. How are you doing, Major? Doing good, man. Can't wait for this one. Tom is one of my favorites, so I'm, I'm ready for this one. Well, you kind of alluded to him there. So on today's show, we have not only a pit master, but a struggling golfer. Oh, and one of the owners over at Fantasy Points, who proudly present this show, who also doubles as a senior writer specializing in fantasy and betting analysis. He is the one and only Tom Broly. How are you doing, Tom? I am here. Thank you. Thank you. That, that <laughs> smattering of applause there. Now, it's great to join you guys here. Uh, very, uh, very excited to be here. So it took a little bit of time for my July 4th holiday. No, nah, no, nah, I didn't. I've had COVID all week. So uh, I've had a oh, lot man. of free time here. Uh, I would have been you know, more than, uh, you know, I, I would have come on here anyway, if, even if I didn't have COVID. So I am <laughs> glad to be here on July 3rd. If you hear any fireworks going off, you, you know what's going on. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about futures. We're going to talk about betting, some prop bets, et cetera, et cetera here. But one thing people might not realize here is that you've been picking against the spread for the last season and you've produced a winning record every single year. That's not an easy task to do. I've done it here. I had a good year last year going against the spread. It was probably my best year ever. But you've picked correctly at a 54.7% clip over the last four years and currently a 53.4% winning percentage over that six-year span, which is absolutely unheard of. Yeah, it's been a great run. Uh, you know, I, I actually do a – we play in this 80-man poll. Uh, we, we make picks against the spread uh, over the course of the entire season. and. Uh, we've taken first in it, uh, you know, multiple years, uh, and we, you know, there's weekly prizes, and we've done really well in that. So, uh, you know, we I've been doing a, doing the picks for the site for the last two years. Well, I'll be doing them again uh, for the site this year. Usually, come out on uh, Thursday afternoon is, you know, I like to pick all the games against the spread before the Thursday night. Uh, so we've had a lot of success doing that. And Monday night, you know, Monday morning, I'll. Uh, a lot of times I'll pick a lot of games, you know, any lines that might stand out early in the week. So people that might uh, be on fantasypoints.com, uh, make sure to, you know, check out the site early on Monday morning if they want to get a jump on lines that I think might move in a certain direction to get a little bit of line value. It's funny that I mentioned because like I was saying, me and a buddy, he drugged me into this one thing. I absolutely hate picking against the spread. I, I'm absolutely horrible. Last year, I think, though, I hit 134 correct. I don't know if that works out. I think that was pretty good when it was all said and done. It was a pretty high percentage there's no way i am coming close to that ever again it was just one of those kind of freak years where i think i hit there's a couple weeks i hit 15 correct games and stuff like this. oh wow that's that's, that's impressive me? like if you're going like 12 and 4 in a week that's uh a pretty good clip to go so uh well, i think my lowest total week i think my lowest total was nine in a given week there last year and it was like 
If you can stay consistent and get eight to nine right per week, at the end of the year, you're going to be sitting pretty good once all said and done. Yeah, you're so, going mean, to avoid those outlier weeks where you're you're just getting five or six right and uh, really sinking oh, yourself for the overall prizes. And it happens. Trust every- me, years prior to last year, I had a lot of those type of weeks. So. <laughs> you, this were was you, were little... you looking at the, the, the site picks there? Were you, you know, we do the staff picks on the website. So maybe you were taking a little peek at that for a little No, help. no. We need, to, <laughs> we need to get those picks early in the week because this is like one of those weird setups where you have to have those picks in by like Tuesday or something. Oh I'm like, Dang. so you're really just guessing. Yeah. You don't even have the injury report coming out yet. So I'm like, oh, man. Well, guess what? We're going to hope for the best here because we just found out so-and-so is now out. So whatever yeah. pick you thought you had. Making Forget the picks Thursday, it. I feel like, is, you know, real early to do. It, it's tough sometimes, you know, the, the Friday is the big news day in terms of, you know, in terms of injuries coming out Friday afternoon. Uh, and then we'll get the Schefter bomb Saturday into Sunday, which can, you know, if it's not a quarterback, it's not going to swing the lines too much. But, uh, you know, if it's a big player, it can shift the line by a point or two. So, uh, you know, th- those injury that injury news late in the week can definitely shift some lines. Well, let's talk about some of those lines. Let's start with one of the players out there right now, Lamar Jackson, under 3,750.5 yards passing. This happens to be one of your best bets out there. Kind of tell us the process here of betting against Lamar Jackson here. Yeah, I I actually have a MVP bet against him from earlier in the winter. Uh, I still like it. It was like 28 to 1, but I think we're going to see the Ravens kind of take a different approach this year. They went with a, a pretty pass-heavy approach last year. Didn't didn't necessarily work, work out too well too well for them. Uh, you know, they they stumbled down the back half of the, se- the back half of the season. Uh, I think we're going to go back to more of a run-heavy approach here for for Baltimore. So, uh, and it's a number that Lamar has never hit. I think his his best seasons in thirty-two hundred yards or thirty-three hundred yards. So uh, we're we're going to see them shift back. I think towards that 2019, 2020 type of offense that they were running real run, run heavy. Uh, of course, they traded away Marquise Brown at the, at the, the during the NFL draft. So, I mean, it, it's pretty thin at receiver right now. Rashad Bateman is obviously getting a lot of steam in fantasy drafts. Uh, he's, he's a fifth round pick now uh, for good reason. Cause there's, you know, it's Devin Duvernay, James Proche. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's really thin at re- Tylon Wallace. I mean, a bunch of very unproven guys at receiver behind them. And uh, Mark Andrews, of course, had a, a great season last year, but uh, expecting a little bit of regression there. I, I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball like, quite as much as they did last season. So uh, I just think from a, like a, in terms of passing volume, I, I just don't see them throwing the ball enough to get up over 3,700 yards. I kind of like this. One of those things I always look at here is what teams are doing, what they've done in the past. We have Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He's gone out of Arizona. That's 150 vacated targets. There's no way, or 139, there's no way Mark Andrews is picking up any of those targets. He's already at 150. Rashad Bateman, he's going to pick up some of them, but how do you filter out the rest to Devin DuVernay? James Prochet, who I know is a big uh, big uh, major guy there. Yeah. Texas talk about this running game. This running game. The last time a team had two 1,000-yard rushers happened to be that 2019 Ravens team there with Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. If you're looking for the last time two running backs on the same team, because I know that's one of those hot topics going out right now, can A.J. Dillon, can Aaron Jones be that next group of teammates that hits 1,000 yards? The last time two running backs did that on the same team, you have to go back even further to 2009 to Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams when they did that with the Carolina Panthers. This is something that does not happen very often. 
Brandon, uh, Brandon Jacobs, Derek Ward, work done, Michael Vick. I mean, you're going back to 2008, 2007, before the last time this was done, before Lamar Jackson and the Ravens had accomplished this. So I think you're right. I think there's too many vacated targets to make up here in the passing game. And you got Gus Edwards coming back. You got J.K. Dobbins coming back. Yeah, both, both of those guys ACL are real- injuries, yep. Yeah. And both of them, I think you're going to see a 50-50 split. <clears throat> Not because – I think they've always been a 50-50 type of team here as far as Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are going. You got one guy in Edwards who's averaging five yards a carry. You got another guy in Dobbins who's averaging six yards per carry. They're splitting these guys both pretty evenly, and they're both coming off that injury like you mentioned – in which you're not going to put a full workload on either one of these guys. So now you've literally got a wishbone-type offense here with Lamar, with Gus, and with J.K., in which you can see guys crank off at least 800 yards per running attack here. Yeah, we can see Lamar do it as well. I I believe his number came out. I think he's right around 900 rushing yards. Uh, Some of those rushing props are starting to creep out. Uh, So – Dobbins and Edwards are going to be pretty interesting. We'll we'll see if they're going to be ready for the beginning of the season. Dobbins got hurt very early. It was in August, but uh, it, you know it was a multiple knee ligament injury. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for. Uh, I, I just see Lamar Jackson. The, the the reports are that he's bulked up here a little bit in the off season. He's putting on some weight. Sounds like he's getting ready for a bit of a heavier workload on uh, in terms of running the ball here. Man, let's talk about some uh some teams, man. Let's talk about the Eagles. Um, over eight point five wins. Yeah, I, I, they I got I, it in them. Yeah, I love this line. Yeah, I got this right after the draft. Um, they had the great draft. Obviously, they they traded for AJ Brown. Uh, had a great haul in the draft as well. Uh, getting the Kobe Dean and uh Jordan Davis uh to help out their defense. Uh, it really. They don't have many weaknesses. If you look at their, you know, from the top of the bottom, you know, top to the bottom of the roster here, the only spot that I think really is kind of a weakness is maybe safety. But even then, you know, they went out and signed Jaquiski Tart here, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the last month or so. Uh, It's it's not a real major weakness. So, you know, the offensive line is going to be one of the best in the league. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the, you know, kind of the big question mark. He you know, played well for stretches last year, but um, they, they need him to take the next step as a passer here. They go out, facilitate the trade, get A.J. Brown. Uh, all signs are pointing towards them, throwing the ball more this year. Uh, they tried it at the beginning of last year, kind of uh, shelved that and went more towards the running game. So uh, we'll see if it works out again this year. I'm sure they're going to try it again. They're going to try to pass. Uh, if it doesn't work, they'll go back more to the run, and it was pretty successful for them last year. So uh, this line has moved quite a bit. It's it's up to nine, nine and a half at most places. Okay. Uh, so if they, if they get like nine wins, they're going to win that division, right? I, I, I That's another one of my bets. I have uh, plus 250. I think that line is down to plus 175 at this point. Mm. Quite a bit of movement uh, for the Eagles. Uh, I also have a bet against the Cowboys. Uh, it was at ten and a half. I bet the under uh, don't like what's gone on in Dallas. They've been, you know, they gave Zeke that big contract a couple of years ago. Right. And it's kind of hamstrung them a little bit. They had to let Michael, uh, not Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper. They Cooper. traded him away to save some salary. Uh, Cedric Wilson walked on him. It, it's, it's, Gregory. it's a roster that really hasn't improved uh, since, since last year. They had a great run last year, obviously with Michael Parsons coming in there, kind of solidifying that defense, but, I think they're going to be a team that takes a step backwards. So uh, I think it's going to be pretty tight for the NFC East, but 
Uh, I kind of give the Eagles the edge here, but they're still plus 175. They're still the second favorite. Uh, I think there's still a little bit of value betting the Eagles right now. Well, with the Eagles, I like this couple things here that they did. They basically turned themselves <laughs> into the Tennessee Titans north. I mean, they've got their A.J. Brown there, who's coming from a run-heavy offense. We know the Eagles typically are that run-heavy team. And I don't think they need to necessarily pass it a whole heck of a lot. I think it's just going to be more efficient, like how Ryan Tannehill basically did when he had Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. I think that's what we could kind of expect between Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. I don't think you have these two big-time, prolific, huge fantasy production-type wide receivers, but I think you're going to have quality uh, starts from both these guys at some point. But that defense that you mentioned, especially that linebacking core, it was Captain Caveman, Alex Singleton, who was basically <laughs> everything in the middle for the Eagles last year. He went away. He's in Denver now. But here's what they did. They got Hassan Reddick there, another guy who can yep. come off the edge. Kazair White, another one of those guys coming over from the Los Angeles Chargers who can absolutely fly. So they've added all kinds of speed. And then Kobe Dean. Sorry, TJ Edwards. There's no place for you on this defense anymore. You may be penciled in here as the starter when camp starts over, but it's not going to take long for Dean. Once I think it was a peck injury, I think is what he had that kind of slowed him down. Yeah, it is, yeah, he bit. couldn't work out much. He's uh, he was undersized. I mean, uh, you know, he fell in the draft because of the size and the peck injury, but he can play. You know, anybody that watched any Georgia football last year he knows that play. he could fly. You know, yeah. sideline to sideline. He's a ball player. Um, yeah, you're right. That the, the linebacking core was kind of the weak spot for that defense last year. Yep. I mean, uh, that was, you know, a set it and forget it uh, fantasy thing. Whoever your tight end was going against the Eagles, you, you played them. So uh, I don't think that's going to be necessarily the case this year. So another one of these things, we got the Eagles now, obviously at eight and a half wins. We think they're going to pass that pretty easily. Probably win this division because no one wins this division two years in a row. So it's the Eagles time. But another team here, you talk about the Cowboys how they didn't really do anything to improve and where the Eagles absolutely went out there and did some pretty big moves. This also happened in the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans haven't really done anything. In fact, they may have gotten worse. Their best player is going to be facing eight, nine guys in the box every time he steps on the field and five screws in his foot. So you're going to have issues there with Titans. So you have the Colts at 125 to win the AFC South. Yeah, I love this one. This was a this was a bet I got in right Mid-April, I think it was. It was right after Stephon Gilmore signed with the Colts. Kind of solidified that cornerback position for the Colts. Uh, I mean, they already have a top 10 type of defense, and they were able to get Gilmore. Uh, and then, of course, we know what happened with A.J. Brown getting traded. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough situation here for Ryan Tannehill. They uh, were looking at quarterback in the draft. They ended up getting Malik Willis in the third round. You know, the whole mentor thing kind of came out after the draft, and you know, he didn't want to he didn't want to talk about that. So, you know, he kind of backtracked a, a few weeks later. But the heat is on Ryan Tannehill here. And the, the reports have been, you know, we'll see how Traylon Burks, you know, plays in training camp here. But, you know, all the asthma talk and, uh, you know, he's getting excused from practices. And, uh, I mean, there were people leading up to the draft that were talking like he was a tight end kind of a prospect. You know, he's a bigger guy. And. Uh, I'm not that that far down on Traylon Burks, but uh, it sounds like there could be a learning curve there for him. And you know, Robert Edward uh, Robert Woods is uh, coming back from a ACL injury. It sounds like his recovery is going well, but you know, it, it's fair to wonder if maybe his best days are kind of behind him a little bit. So the receiving core is going to be you know pretty rough here. Austin Hooper gives him a little bit of you know maybe he has a little bit left in the tank, but. I'm not uh, falling for this trick again. Nope, I am not falling for Austin Hooper. You're not going. You're not going to goat me into this one again. Yeah, you probably will. Let's go on. He already did. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be all on Derrick Henry this year. And, you know, he's a guy coming back. You know, what? he's 28, 29 now, coming back off a major foot injury. Got a lot of carries to his uh, under his belt here. So it's it's a tough situation for this offense. Uh, Defense, you know, played better than expected last year. Uh, Maybe they can get more out of Dupree this year. But I I just don't like the way that the Titans have trended this year. And I I think Matt Ryan's going to give them a – uh, the Colts a big boost at quarterback here over Carson Wentz. Uh, a little concerned about the receiving core behind Michael Pittman, but uh, they still have Jonathan Taylor. Naeem Hines probably should be more involved as a receiver here with Matt Ryan checking it down. Uh, Carson Wentz never did that. So uh, I think good things are coming this way for the Colts. This is kind of the year I think they finally figured out their quarterback position here since Andrew, Andrew Luck retired. Is there a better GM right now than Ballard? I mean, this guy has got to be the most opportunistic GM in the entire league. The Atlanta Falcons, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar there for Deshaun Watson. Boom, Indianapolis all over it. They bring in Matt Ryan. They were also right in on it on Stephon Gilmore there. Then on top of it, Isaiah Rogers absolutely balled out a corner for him, which made Rocky Sin expendable. They caught the Raiders going after Chandler Jones. They knew the Raiders had to move you're not uh, Yannick Nagaku yeah. there. Boom, they're <laughs> in on that too. So Indianapolis has been opportunistic to say the least here in this offseason. I think those moves are going to pay off. And Major, I just kind of mentioned the Falcons getting caught with their hand in their cookie jar. That brings up to you here. Yeah, Falcons hand the cookie jar under 5.5 wins. What do you think? Yeah, this is a this is a roster that's, you know, just kind of in rebuild mode here. I, I think they tried to see what they had last year and – they snuck out seven wins and all of them came in one score games. So, I mean, they don't have Matt Ryan this year to kind of pull out, uh, you know, games like this for them, uh, you know, going forward here. So, you know, they got Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I mean, they've lost Russell Gage at receiver. It's going to be all Kyle Pitts. There's, there's nothing at running back. Uh, maybe Tyler Algier can give them something there, but this is uh th- this is a roster that's right up there with the Texans in my opinion uh as in terms of the one of the worst in the league here so i think they're going to be playing for that first pick in the draft this year five and a half wins they they get the carolina panthers in the division so maybe they have a chance to get a couple wins but this is a this is a bottom two roster in, in the entire league here right right there with the texans in my opinion i kind of like the falcons maybe it's because like it remind me of that song tell me about the lonesome loser that's kind of how I feel about the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> here because they do have some, I don't want to say they're great pieces, but when you got uh, Cordell Patterson there, is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? Sounds like he's going to be a running back until maybe Damian Williams takes over. Drake London is about their only blue chip prospect that they have here. They got two great wide receivers in London and Kyle Pitts. Oh, wait, Kyle Pitts is a tight end, right? Is that what we're going with still? We're still trying to tell ourselves that Kyle Pitts is a tight end, even though he lines up in the slot like 80% of the time. But that's neither here nor there. What we want to talk about, though, is let's talk about that Super Bowl champion here for 2022. You've got yourselves the Los Angeles Chargers at plus 2,500 to win the whole dang thing. Explain yourself, man. Ah, this was a great one. This was before (laughs) the uh, free agency happened. Uh, I jumped in on it. They had a lot of cap space. I knew they were going to make some big moves, and and they did. They got J.C. Jackson. Top corner on the market. They made a trade for Khalil Hart. You know, I think that was actually before J.C. Jackson. So they, they got the edge rusher. They got, uh, yeah, uh, didn't they get Joseph Day as well for defensive line help? You know, that was 
the biggest weakness on that team last year. Their run defense was miserable. So they solidified that defense. Offensively, they go out and get Gerald Everett as well. Uh, th- this this team is trending upward. I think they have a top five type of roster in the league now. Um, I, I just love this line. I got it 25 to one. I think it's down to uh, 10 to one, 12 to one in some spots. So I was able to jump on that one pretty early. I hope, hope people were on fantasypoints.com and uh, were able to grab that line whenever it was available in mid-February. That move to bring Khalil Mack to Los Angeles there, that basically shifted all the eyes to that AFC West, basically started that arms race that we saw. You're talking about all kinds of talent there in the AFC, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially when it comes to pass rushers. You're pairing Khalil Mack now with Joey Bosa. You've got Chandler Jones with Max Crosby. You've still got guys like Frank Clark there. You've still got the bolt of the Denver Broncos on that deep end that's a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. There is talent there in that AFC West. That is going to be a dogfight all season long. I mean, could they legitimately send four teams to the playoffs out of the seven? I think they could. I mean, the Raiders are the one team that's probably the weakest of the group, and they, they go out and get Devonta Adams and Chandler Jones, and uh, you know, they kind of outperformed their, uh, you know, outperformed themselves last year, but uh, their roster is certainly stronger now. They can compete in the AFC West. It, it's the whole entire AFC is pretty loaded here. I mean, even if you look down the AFC North and uh, the AFC East here, the, the Dolphins certainly improved. So it, it's going to be a dogfight in the AFC, but all four of those teams in the AFC West, they all have formidable uh, passing attacks. As you said, they have some great tandems uh, in terms of edge rushers as well. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fascinating AFC West this year. If you're talking about prop bets right now and futures bets, I mean, you literally can go down and put a little bit on every team in that AFC, in the AFC in general. I mean, you're, you got 12 teams possibly vying for those playoff positions and you can legitimately make a case. You mentioned the Dolphins. The Browns are in that consideration once upon a time. Uh, things have changed we're not going to dwell into that right now on this show but even the pittsburgh steelers they somehow made it at nine seven and one that is not going to happen if there's any team in that afc that's probably on the outside looking in and compared to where they were last year it's got to be the pittsburgh steelers you kind of mentioned vegas (coughs) kind of being that bubble team there as well as long as it doesn't come to clock management the chargers should be there when it's all said and done right yeah they want to use their timeouts yeah, they were a top four team in the AFC last year, and they just bungled up. I mean, they had that huge slip up against the Texans in at week 16 or week 17, where they were like two touchdown favorites, and they lost in Houston last year. Uh, that everybody remembers the uh, the Raiders game in the season finale, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot uh, the week prior to that, uh, and even the Colts uh, last year. I mean, they they really slipped up in the last two weeks of the seasons against the Raiders and Jaguars. So. Uh, there's some, there were some good teams that didn't make the playoffs in the AFC last year. Uh, you know, Steelers, Raiders, and Patriots, I think, are the three teams that have got to be uh, looking at themselves. We got a lot of work to do to, to stay in the playoffs this year. I mean, and that's what we're here for. I mean, this is going to be fun all season long, week in, week out. For those who are betting against the spread, good luck trying to figure this out each and every week. I mean, no one's going to predict the Jaguars to beat the Colts the last week of the season when the Colts playoff live, uh, likelihood is on the line right We're, there's not one person that bet the jags in that game i guarantee you that oh, come <laughs> I, on, put your hand I, I actually did i'm a steelers fan as anybody can tell here i just did a uh screw it let's have some fun i did a steelers to beat the ravens and a jaguars to beat the colts because that was like the scenario for the steelers to get in the playoffs 
I put 20 bucks on it. It was like 20 to one to hit. So I turned 20 bucks into 400 bucks. Uh, thank you, Jaguars, for pulling that one off. Uh, the Steelers, you remember that game. They they had to go into overtime to beat the Ravens in that game too. Uh, but that was a, a parlay. That was that was I was that was more with my heart. That was not with my mind. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Well, that was the other team there, the Ravens. Another team that's on the outside yes. looking in last season. That's definitely going to be making a little bit of noise there. Potentially, yeah, people forget they were eight and three and yep. leading the AFC. Uh, then they lost to the Steelers in that wild game where they went for two points. Uh, and didn't get it, and then Lamar got hurt the next week, and they lost six straight games to miss the playoffs. But they were they were the number one seed in the AFC at one point, eight and three. Well, you know who the number one seed is right now when it comes to fantasy football? It's fantasypoints.com. And I'm telling you this right now. Use promo code right now, Vipers22, and get 10% off that subscription today. And you can go out there, and you can get – these future bets here right now, these best bets courtesy of Tom Broly here right now, one of the best in the business when it comes to against the spread. These future bets, you want to win yourself some money? This is the guy right here. Yeah, I don't work the camera very well. That's going to give you He's an like opportunity that, to win <laughs> some cash, and we're all here to make a little bit of bank, aren't we? Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm, I, I'm doing my betting previews right now. Uh, I'm rolling them out. We're, we're probably about eight to ten teams deep into that right now, but uh, I'll be – releasing more futures bets as they come out. We're starting to get some player totals. We touched on the Lamar Jackson one, but uh, those are starting to trickle out here. So I highly encourage anybody to get on the site there and uh, you know keep checking out the site over the next two months here before the season starts. Absolutely. You mentioned those those that series right now, those training camp series, those team previews. I mean, it is your one-stop shop for everything right now. If you're looking for that information on that team, if you're looking for fantasy analysis, if you're looking for bets right now, that is the article that you want to get in on. That is that series that's going to kind of catapult you right through training camp, right into the regular season. And you get that only at fantasypoints.com. Now we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we are going to go behind the grind with Tom Broly, kind of talk about his journey through the fantasy industry here and hey maybe have a little bit of fun along the way so stay tuned for that we'll catch you next time take care now